Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. Our next guest needs no introduction. It is Luke O'Neill. He is here chomping on a snack bar and he has his new book in front of him, which he will not give me because he only put it, got it into his hand three hours ago. You can't have it. Why can't I? It's the only copy I've got. I got got it two hours ago. But you've read it. So you Uh, Yeah, but come on. It's the first time, I'm sure you would agree. You have your little thing in your hand and you go, oh, I like that now. And second, I need it for the interviews because I have to reread the damn thing, haven't I? So So when can I have a copy? Uh, As soon as I can. (laughs) <laughs> Will you send an email to Penguin telling them to I'm put me on I'm going to get about 20, about 20 copies are coming in a box. So I'll have them probably in the next couple of days. And fear, fear ye not. Yeah, but you're only giving me... You've never done that. You always say you'll give me one and you never do. That may be true. Anyway, what's happening in science? What do you want to know about? You name it. I'll tell you. Well, I have questions from listeners. Yeah, love, we love questions. Um, but before I get to those questions, is there anything that you think we need to know? There is. What? Um, as you may know, this Ozempic business, you know, the... Um, Everyone's messing about. Unbelievable stuff, unbelievable. We've talked about it before. We have. It's a game changer. It's a medication that was originally used to fight diabetes. They realised that it caused weight loss in those cases. Now people are using it for weight loss. But people who are not in the obese or super obese category, who just want to lose a few pounds, are using it and it's causing a global shortage. Shortage. That's one of there's many issues, but this is a story that's gonna run and run. Okay. Why? Because very simply it is a very effective medication, mm-hmm. first of all. There seems to be limited side effects, thank God. Mm-hmm. Many drugs have side effects as you know. It definitely works for obesity. Mm-hmm. But it also works for heart disease. Okay. Oh, and the latest data and it would knock your socks off if you're into the air, if you're a cardiologist, decreases risk of heart failure, can be used to improve Heart failure if people have heart failure already. Even if those decreased people risk of stroke. Now this is a big deal because these things are very common. Is this only in obese people? It was, well, it's first shown in that group, yeah, but it could apply across the board. It seems to protect the heart. This okay. stroke as well. Now, what happened next step is a fascination. Novo Nordisk is the people who make it who aren't paying us. Let's make that clear. Yeah, they're not. We've no conflict of interest. But here. they're the Pfizer or AstraZeneca of Ozempic. They are. That's exactly yep. right. They make the two drugs, Ozempic and Wegovy is the other one. Mm-hmm. Right? They're now the most valuable company in Europe. Based on their stock price because of all the excitement. The value of that company is worth all of Denmark combined now. Now, this, okay. is, on the, this is in the stock exchange, obviously. Yeah. Know? But this is a remarkable drug company to be worth the total value of... They're going to be like it's Google. Incredible. Well, this is what's going to happen. Now, of course, the trouble is that's based on stock price. But if the dream comes true, here we have a safe drug that will treat diabetes, which is still a big issue, as you know, mm-hmm. treat obesity, which is another 
very significant problem but because can, of all the comorbidities and now heart disease. But can I just ask whether or not it is always necessary to treat obesity? Like, no, well, that's pe- another matter. Can people live in obese bodies and be healthy and not feel the pressure to need There's to only change one it? Re- the main reason to obesity is if you're obese, you have higher risk of all these other diseases. But Cancer. I've, Stroke, heart attack, you know, diabetes, that there's a big risk of those and COVID, by the way. So, well, so I've heard there's a big that reason to, to treat obesity to stop you dying of other diseases, basically. You know? But I've heard arguments on the other side from people who live in obese bodies saying that actually the reason that obese people die from these conditions is because healthcare providers are kind of not like they're not trained in intubating an obese person they have pre they've notions about you shouldn't be so they don't receive the same health care that's partly true for definite but we also know that being obese that fat tissue really irritates the body okay and it really irritates the immune system because it doesn't like all this okay saturated fat in particular that immune system is now off kilter Mm -hmm. it will start to drive for example, arthritis or heart disease. So there's okay. an immune connection to being obese. That's the important thing here as well. But you're quite right, though. It's a big, it goes beyond so when will mechanistic Oze- stuff, shall we say. You know? When will Ozempic and Wigovi be affordable? And also, when will it not be in short supply? There's all these questions now, you see. That's why it's such a fascinating topic. So here we have a challenge. How do you make enough of it? How, what do you charge for it? All those questions that apply to any drug, remember. Mm-hmm. So ethically, there's loads of questions about this now. If, if only the rich can afford it, that'd be disastrous, wouldn't it? Let's mm-hmm. face it. You know, now Novo know this, of course, and they're quite they're quite ethical. I think as a drug, hopefully as a drug company, so they will so. be they will be trying to sort this out. Now, remember, the pricing would be based on what you're going to save at the other end. So if if you treat obesity, there's a lot less more lot less people than ending up in hospital for mm-hmm. other reasons, and you're saving money then. You know, so the pricing. It, this is a complicated area how you price drugs, of course. But that, that'll feed into this discussion. Okay, so that's Ozempic. Yeah. What else is new in science? What else is new in science? Well, the Loch Ness monster. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. There is a woman. Okay who took pictures of the Loch Ness Monster, don't laugh at me, three years ago. You're obsessed and with she, the Loch Ness Monster. Because she has photographic evidence. She's a photographer. Mm-hmm. She's photographic evidence of the Loch Ness Monster, but she hid it for three years because she didn't want public ridicule from people like you, Luke. Exactly. And I think the Loch Ness Monster is real. I would never ridicule people who show me evidence. I might say, Photographs what's evidence. the interpretation of that evidence, right? Because a, a big claim like that, right? there's a great principle in science, Steph, which we always use. If you make a massive, massive discovery, mm-hmm. you better have massive, massive evidence to support it. And a photograph is not massive evidence, There was no. a photograph in 1934. But there was also a photograph this year. And it turned out to be an elephant with its trunk coming up out of the water, probably was the interpretation of How was there an elephant in Loch Ness in well, Scotland? Well, you see, my, my reading of the Loch Ness Monster is, is as I've come across this. Okay, As so a scientist, how can you possibly tell me There was a travelling you, circus. You're joking. This is what they're saying. So you would rather believe that there was a travelling circus and an elephant <laughs> got into Loch Ness and was moving its <laughs> trunk around and someone captured it. And that is more likely than an so unknown monster in you, the sea. Do you want to come to a scientific conference? I mean, this is the exact kind of debates we have all the time. It's wonderful to hear you counter my point. Well, your point is you nonsense. Back. I'm going to counter you back, right? So in other words, 1934... It's called the surgeon's photograph. It looks like a dinosaur, right? And maybe it is the Loch Ness Monster, of course. But it just so happened that there was a travelling circus nearby with elephants and someone else said, that was an elephant that went for a swim. Now, which do you believe? You can choose to believe I either one. I certainly don't believe it's from a travelling circus. Now, if it, what's that theory that like, if it sounds like a horse and it walks like a horse and it, you know, it's not probably a zebra? That's true. But 
if there is a dinosaur in that Loch Ness... The, it doesn't the, have to be a dinosaur, but, but it what, is something that we don't... Like a monster. Do you know what they're called? The cryptids. There's a name for these creatures that have been seen... And well, you've just said it's an elephant. No, an elephant is an elephant, you know. But the Loch Ness Monster is classified as a cryptid, just like the Abominable Snowman, say, mm-hmm. or Bigfoot. In other words... Two it's, other it's, real it's, things. It's a new species or an ancient species surviving and you need more, you know, there's no evidence, it's hidden. The crypt mm-hmm. means hidden. So therefore you need evidence to support this. The chances of some massive monster living in that lake is there, of course it is, and that would be very exciting. Let's get its DNA and see what its ancestors were. Let's see if it is a remnant of the dinosaurs or whatever. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah. And of course the, the news is the biggest survey in 50 years is happening now of Loch Ness using new technologies to see if they can see anything. And they're using scanners and drones and thermal imaging and all this kind of maybe ground penetrating radar. Looking for yeah, Jeez. and it's interesting. This every time a new technology is invented, they go to Loch Ness and sort of find them. Like DNA was used. Did you ever hear this story? They were taking samples of the water mm-hmm. and using PCR, which as you know amplifies the DNA. Could they see evidence of a reptilian creature or what did they find? Eels. They found lots of eel DNA. What if it was a gigantic that was eel? The, that's what they said. It could be a huge giant eel. Yeah. Or lots of little tiny eels. Or an elephant. Or an elephant, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you have lost all scientific respect from your I'm community. You, that, that, that's, that was, that's one interpretation, but it could have been a giant eel. I'm going to ask, obviously, lots of people are have COVID at the moment. Uh, it's not in the news much, but anecdotally, I see it on my Instagram. Lots of people have COVID. I would imagine that if this was a different year, we'd be calling it another wave. And people have questions. Uh, we have a question here from a listener. When will COVID be treated just like a flu? Well, you see, there's a good question. So in other words, it is another virus now that causes respiratory illness. So it joins flu. Okay. It joins rhinoviruses, which cause the common cold, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's another virus that will give you respiratory symptoms. So it is another virus that, like the flu, I guess, right? Obviously, it's different to flu, different virus. Mm-hmm. We know, for example, the big concern about COVID now is long COVID because mm-hmm. that's much more prominent than if you've had the flu. Now, there is an incidence post-flu of fatigue, of course there is, you know. It seems as if it's more troublesome with COVID. That's a worry if you're a doctor. You don't want your patients being sick, you know. Mm-hmm. So long COVID is where the, the focus has shifted. So we can't quite treat it like the flu, I think, because of that concern. So that that's why we still have COVID. the five-day isolation yeah, and stuff. Okay. Right, yeah. Now, maybe that'll change in the sense that there'll be less long COVID as time goes by, possibly, as, as immunity builds up and so on, you know. We also know, by the way, Steph, that the vaccines protect against long COVID. So it's another reason to get vaccinated, not, not just to stop you dying. Well, that's the thing. Are we supposed to get COVID boosters now? This is a low-risk healthcare worker in, worker in frontline public facing. She Should she get a booster? I don't know the guidelines for those. Certainly if you're over 60, definitely get a booster. Because mm-hmm. now we know what this is. We've had three years of it, right? This is a disease of older people, not young people, mercifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're over 60, you're at high risk or a higher risk of getting really sick with this virus. So therefore get the booster, right? Now, if you're a healthcare worker and you're at risk of exposure, if you're young and healthy, there's probably no need because you've been vaccinated already and you've probably been infected and your immune system is kicking off great and you've but got memory about, in your immune system. What about that long COVID threat though? Well, again, if if you've been vaccinated and you've had COVID, there's less of a risk of it. It's still there, but the, the risk is lower, you know. Okay. Uh, so regular COVID vaccines are not a thing unless you are, uh, yeah. In a high risk, risk group. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure what the HSE are recommending, that they might well want their healthcare workers vaccinated for fear of litigation, maybe. Stuff, you know? so yeah. I don't know. What does Luke think about cell memory and cranial sacral therapy for trauma? Don't know about that. 
I've never heard of that. Okay, I think cell, cell memory. memory. It's like uh, cranial, what's it called again? Cranial? Cranial sacral therapy. Sacral, haven't heard of that. Uh, Rory has had it. It's basically where a craniosacral therapist kind of puts their hands on you and I, I don't really know what the science is. A laying on of hands. Yes, but not Reiki. Um, <laughs> no. But do you know about cell memory? Like Not really, no, no. Homeopathy. Uh, oh, well, no, sorry, Like the memory yes, of water. That's a load of nonsense. Okay. In my opinion. In your opinion. You can have your own opinion, but there's no evidence for homeopathy. Okay. And there's no mechanism as to how it would work anyway, you know. So okay. that's, that's been questioned as a thing. Um... Someone here has asked about the national obsession with castor oil as a cure-all. Is there any science behind castor oil? Absolutely. Cod liver oil, castor oil, all those oils, right? Yeah. If they contain polyunsaturated fatty acids, Mm -hmm. they're very good for you. They protect the heart, for example. So there's something going on in those oils, you know? Okay. Especially plant-derived oils, which is castor oil. I don't know what castor is. Cod liver, fish oil is great, full of these unsaturated fats, you know? So these are very protective. So there's something in in these oils, yeah, it must be said. Uh, Is this a new variant and is the virus different from what we've had before? There's a new, well, there's always these variants cropping up. The latest one, I think it's called Parola. That the name? I don't know. <laughs> like an Italian footballer. I thought it was called uh, E. Now there's a new one. Oh. Uh, Eris has come and gone. These will keep cropping up. You see, viruses keep keep changing anyway, you know. Why have we moved away from the Greek alphabet? Why are they now they being ran named out of Greek after? letters, I suppose. Should just go back to alpha again. No? Go back to, back to square one. That's right. Are there any new drugs for ulcerative colitis? Now, that's a great question. That's my exact area. I work on UC myself and I'm a big interest in an inflammatory disease of the bowel. You are an inflammatory uh, bowel disease. I am myself an inflammatory... <laughs> <laughs> um, UC, there are. Yeah, there's biologics now, injectable drugs you can take for your ulcerative colitis. Now, you always there's come several. on talk about new drugs. Are these new drugs oh, that people now available can now. access? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The landscape has changed there. The trouble is response rates are probably 20, 30, 40%. Uh, which means a lot of people don't respond to these therapies. Mm -hmm. But some do respond, and it can slow the disease down a bit. These don't cure the disease, but they certainly help patients. And definitely go to your doctor because there's options now for diseases like UC, which there wasn't five, ten years ago. So tell them that you listen to this podcast. That's right. And when I began my... The very first disease I worked on was Crohn's disease, which is related to ulcerative colitis. There was nothing in those days for Crohn's. High-dose steroids was all they gave people. They cut out the inflamed bowel it was like barbaric now there are more options but we must do better inflammatory bowel disease needs better treatments so there's a lot of work going on a lot of trials are happening but there are some options out there at the moment I have been suffering with migraines and uh, they are non-responsive to tryptans right why are some migraines not responsive and some are or some people sadly again that's just variation in the human population we're all different you know you're strangely stuff you're a one-off I'm a one eye only person. Your genes are different to mine. And they're different to any siblings you might have. So you would have a particular type of migraine uh, would be the likely reason for this. And remember, this is called patient stratification. Even though your doctor says you've got migraine, there could be five subtypes of migraine. Now, there's another option. There's a drug that targets, I think, a CGRP. Have you come across this? No. That's working in people with severe migraine. And I know the woman who worked on C's Europe 30 odd years ago and it causes all the blood vessels number? Oh, Sue Brain is her name I talk about You're her in my joking. book yeah, her Sue name is Brain. Sue Brain and she works on migraine That's n- that is nominative you know determinism people say there's no God when that happens you know? it's but, called nominative um, determinism CGRP makes all the blood vessels go weird and there's a drug that blocks CGRP maybe try that okay. you, might be a, you might be a CGRP person basically you know why do we always get gastro bugs on sun holidays? Is it because of their ice? Is it food poisoning? Or is it the water from the pool? 
It's going to be multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a well-known thing, by the way. It's also very well-known that if you go on holidays, you catch a cold three, four days in. Not everybody, but statistically, you know. Yeah, One reason plane. is the stress level changes. You know you're working as you do mm-hmm. all the time. You suddenly go on holiday. You suddenly relax. And then you're sick. Your adrenaline goes down and now your immune system is a bit weaker and you pick up an infection. And there's statistical evidence for this. And of course, an infection, gastrointestinal infections, is just another infection. Secondly, of course, you're getting exposed to exotic bugs that you wouldn't be exposed to at home. Uh, You've no immunity to them, you know, are less likely to be immune and therefore they're getting a foothold and giving you those diseases. So it's likely to be a combination of uh, immune suppression and being exposed to new germs. Uh, do you think there's too much insulation in houses these days causing lung issues because of not enough Great airflow? question as well, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Too much cleanliness is bad for our immune systems and especially if you're indoors and the air isn't exchanging. And we knew this from COVID, didn't we? You know? But is that cleanliness? But even outside COVID, if you've, if you've toxins building up from the furniture <laughs> or whatever, okay. um, stagnant air, all that stuff will irritate the lungs. So you don't need to be a respiratory physician to get this one. So you're inhaling these things, irritate the lungs, increased risk of asthma, COPD, respiratory disease. So So A-rated homes are not good? Ventilation is important in a home. You know, if you're you're enclosed in a massive cotton (laughs) cocoon cave, it may not be the best. What are your thoughts on stem cell transplants for a person with MS before they get serious progression. Lots of evidence uh, and research happening on that at the moment, right? The trouble is it's a risky procedure. It can give rise to all kinds of complications, not for the faint-hearted. It wouldn't be offered as a routine thing because of the safety concerns around it, you know. They are trying to make it better though, and it could be an answer to MS, because if you can replace the damaged cells that make the myelin, and of course MS is a demyelinating disease, that could be a real way to treat MS. Massive interest in cell therapy as an approach, you know. But at the moment, Super expensive, isn't it? Extremely expensive, and you got to go to Mexico or somewhere. I don't know what the details are, but um, you know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be a bit wary of that one. Uh, why do bugs bite me so much and not my partner at all? What is the biological reason? How much does that person take showers? Let's start with that question. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, some people, you know, mosquitoes love the smell of one person, not the other, whatever reason. The pheromones, they're getting confused and they bite the person. There is some evidence of insects yeah, biting some people. And it's others. just because of the smell of you. It's probably the smell. Yeah, Not, not a dirty smell now. Or That's, your blood I'm, type. I'm not accusing that person of anything. It's just the fact that some, some people exude things that insects like. Um, what is the science behind not getting the flu vaccine and COVID vaccine at the same time? Well, that would be something we should be doing. You know, they should be combining oh. them. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Put them in the one shot. And that's happening now in America. You get a flu-COVID combo. Great, you know. We give kids, as you know, stuff com- combination vaccines. Six in one. <laughs> There's no reason not to combine them. Okay. Um, is there a connection between COVID vaccine and no periods? Well, it um, did happen for me, but like for two months. Yeah, there is evidence of menstrual disturbance post-vaccination. So, But also post-COVID. And post-COVID, Absolutely. And in fact, as you well know, the risk from the virus exceeds the risk from the vaccine to do with women's reproductive health, for example. You know? So why Remember the big happening? debate about should pregnant women be vaccinated or yes. not? The argument was in favour, and it's always risk-benefit, remember. Mm-hmm. The risk from the virus exceeded the risk from the vaccine for a pregnant woman. Hence, the advice was the pregnant woman should get the vaccine. So um, it's not clear why that's happening. Uh, clearly, when you t- as you may remember, you do feel a bit off post-vaccine. Mm-hmm. That could be causing some hormo- slight hormonal shift, but it goes back to normal. Yeah, it, 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 you know, th- things, are, things restore to normal after a while. Um, what do you think are the best science toys for kids? Ah, my books. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, tell us about your book. You can play with them. Um, and then the best science toys for kids. You know, I think it's a great toy is Lego. Yeah, I think Lego is absolutely superb. Is that and a you science can get toy? a Lego set now of a science lab. Okay, and you construct the lab with all the chemicals and tests. Not real chemicals, obviously. The sci- little scientists now in the shape of Lego. So that's a really good. T- and playing Lego as a child is a wonderfully beneficial thing because it stimulates hand-eye coordination. Are there design, any, 3D stuff, all that kind of thing. So I'm a big fan of Lego. Are there any immunology toys? Sadly not, but we should maybe release a line, you and me. What yes, you okay, immunology toys. Prize and O'Neill Toys, Inc. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Rockwell Financial, and they have a special offer for basically listeners. Rockwell Financial protect, but also enhance the wealth of SME owners. If you own a small or medium enterprise, or you are a sole trader in Ireland, Rockwell Wealth Management will protect and enhance your wealth. And they have a free consultation for basically listeners. So call them up, tell them you're a basically listener, and they will give you a one-to-one consultation for free. Your heart works 24-7. So if you're worried about chest pain, palpitations or breathlessness, it's really reassuring to know that expert heart care works 24-7 too. The Matter Private Network in Dublin is the only private hospital in Ireland offering urgent cardiac care all day, every day. That's weekends, bank holidays, even through the night. It's a unique service for patients who are worried about their heart and want to be seen quickly by heart experts at one of Ireland's leading hospitals for cardiology care. If you're worried about your heart, remember this number. 1800 247 999. You'll speak directly to a cardiac specialist nurse at Matter Private and they'll talk to you about your symptoms. And if you need to come to hospital, you'll get a thorough cardiac assessment as soon as you arrive. If you need treatment or a procedure, the cardiology team will work out the most appropriate plan for you. Even if you need treatment the same day, this will be arranged immediately. For urgent cardiac care at Matter Private Network Dublin, call 1800 247 999 or visit matterprivate.ie for more information. Hello, my name is Dave Coffey and I'm the host of Phoning It In, the hilarious improvised phone-in show. It's like Joe Duffy's Liveline, except we make it all up on the spot. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 episodes featuring some of the best comedy performers in the country. People like Kevin McGahern, Alison Spittle, Killian Sunderman, Shane Dan Byrne, Joanne McNally, Michael Fry, Emma Doran, Peter McGann, Hannah Mamalas, Tony Cantwell and so many more. Join me, Dave Coffey, for phoning it in right here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, are there any vaccines for kids that are not on the vaccine schedule that are worth giving to kids, like chickenpox? No, I just follow the advice always with this, remember. Go to your GP. They will tell you what vaccines are available. Take those Well, vaccines. our, our so I wouldn't GP... Put any, I wouldn't be taking any new vaccines necessarily, if you know what I mean, unless they're approved for children. Oh, yeah, but like my, my doctor... The chickenpox vaccine is not on the schedule. And right. She was like, "You should get it," and I think that it will be on the schedule in a number of years. But it the HSE probably will. But you're probably going to pick up chickenpox naturally, and and often the best way to get protection is natural infection if it doesn't kill you. Remember, okay. The, the only reason we vaccines is the actual bug will make you very sick. That's the only reason for that vaccine. Chickenpox is a pretty benign disease in children, you know. So therefore, if your kids go to their play date and it's got the highest. Or not. Remember that thing? So yeah, how many people I will think be? something like nine. So for, for every... Chick- one kid infects nine. But is it not like sparing yourself? Oh, yeah, well, the trouble is it's a bit troublesome. Yeah, the child yeah. will have little blisters and all that kind of and thing. And managing so, it and you should have baths. Yeah, so, with, so, oh. and, it's a good, and it's a good vaccine, so I wouldn't be against it necessarily. Either. Yeah. Um, there's been a stomach bug in my creche consistently since... May. The kids are out all the time with it and we're back to a COVID cleaning schedule. What do we do? 
to get rid of this bug. Very hard. Stay at home <laughs> if the child is sick. Yeah. To stop these are obvious things that you use. In other words, if someone is sick, they shouldn't go to the, they shouldn't come in because they'll spread it. Clean the surfaces. That those those stomach bugs. That's especially surface driven. Yeah. Someone's saying, is, how long does that live? You're not coughing it out of you, are you? It's in your gut. So it's, it's poo, you know, the hands and all that kind of thing. So clean the surfaces. That's a real one that you should clean the surfaces for, you see. So Do we know how long norovirus lives on a surface? Those uh, disinfectants kill it. Remember, kill all known germs. Dead. Dead. Yeah, do it properly, you'll kill off norovirus. Um, why does Ritalin help my moods? I'm so irritable if I forget to take it. Yes, well, it, it's approved, as you know, for ADHD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works well for ADHD, for example, you know. It's clearly affecting the neurotransmitters in the brain and having these beneficial effects. So, therefore, that person is, is responding to it, which is great. Pretty safe drug overall, must be said, you know. So, if you're getting benefits from it. Stay going. Don't knock it. So, um, that's all the questions from listeners. Anything else we need to know? Would you like another biscuit? Um, please don't tell me. I can't be answering me. questions as I eat your snack bars. Yes, you can. People won't mind. <laughs> they won't mind. Um, well, what else would I would like to tell you about? Let me think for a minute. I've just come back from America. I was over in Boston. Very interesting conference. About what? A thing called Compliment. Have you ever heard of Compliment? I get loads of them. Now, this is spelt C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. <laughs> no, never heard of it. Very important part of the immune system. Okay. So when you have an infection in your blood, yeah. a set of proteins in your blood assemble and kill the bacteria. It's called complement. The name came from a complement. Complement is the name of the process or the cells? The proteins are called complement. Okay. The family of proteins are called. They complement antibodies. Hey, that's where the name came from, right? Now, guess what though? Terrible name. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Complement is firing off in your brain and killing your neurons. So we need to turn off compliment as They're a process. turning off, and there was a great talk, a guy called Paul Morgan, let's give Paul a shout out from Cardiff. Great evidence for this, that if you block the compliment pathway in Alzheimer's, not, not in humans yet, this is all in mice. preclinical, works really well. So it's a compliment could be a go in Alzheimer's, which would be great, you know, to see. So that, that talk but really would that make them me. open to other infections if you turn off the compliment that's, pathway? That's always the question. Anytime you target the immune system, there's a risk of infection, remember. Mm-hmm. But the trouble is, it's the immune system that's gone off kilter in all these diseases. Dose can work, ramp it down a bit, don't turn it off, because if you turn it off, you might get infections. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if there's bits of the immune system that are especially pathologic in Alzheimer's and aren't essential for host defence, then you might have a window of opportunity. But you're dead right. That's always the concern. So how does that sit alongside your studies about the process of fumarate yeah. in the Krebs cycle? Like if you turn off, like, is it possible that part, like these autoimmune diseases have numbers of factors at work? Or That's are you like, no, it's fumarate for sure. And they're like, no, 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 it's the complement pathway. Well, it's a bit like a car engine with okay. lots of moving parts. And all that we've been doing in the past hundred years is identifying the moving, honest to God. So okay. my lab discovered a few moving parts in the immune engine. Now, when I say parts, Steph, there's probably 10,000 of them or 100,000 of them. It's very okay. complicated. And they're all interacting. And all. So all we've been doing is finding the parts. Then you might find a part's broken in disease X and can you fix that part? But another lab has found a different part that the engine stops working okay let's say we take ms which we discussed earlier yeah if the engine stops working you get ms there could be a thousand reasons for that engine not working you see okay and again some people might have this part broken someone else has a different part and that'll stratify the medicines you know okay so we'll find out which part of your engine is broken like a car mechanic wouldn't fix it you know yeah so our fumarate discovery that was especially for lupus we think okay and that might give us an option i would guess there's about 10 other processes in lupus that people are trying to target apart from our one. Okay. And I always use the phrase, the hope is shots on goal, is the phrase we use. The more things 
you fire at, one of them might actually might score the goal. You know, so one might okay. work. So it adds adds to that. Although, mind you, I gave my talk at the conference. I don't work on compliments, right? But they invited me to give an overview of where we're at with inflammation. And someone in the audience went, I've got a connection with fumarate and compliment. Oh, wow. Went, wow, that's superb. So in other words, we are, the bit that we found might, All the nerds in Boston might, got connect, excited. might connect with compliments. You know, and I had a cup of coffee with this woman and, and we were absolutely beside ourselves in excitement. We've got a collaboration now. She's in London and um, she's going to do experiments now based on fumarate. And, and when I was giving my talk, I said, by the way, maybe something in my talk would resonate with you. That's how science works, you see. And then, mm-hmm. If, they, if she gets a link from Fumarate to Compliment, that's a, that's a new discovery. So is there no sort of like secret competitive, you know, the way like the Chinese trying to get to space, they're like, you know, they're really secretive about it and the Indians are trying to get to space and the Americans are trying to get to space and they're mm-hmm. not really sharing. Now then we did the IS, the International Space Station, which was a conglomerate of all those. But yeah. in science, are there ever like kind of people who hoard their of information? Of course there are. Okay. Scientists are human beings, remember. Never forget that's them. But they're nerds. Unless we replace them with GPT or whatever, or robots. Yeah. Scientists have emotions. And sadly, just like you and me, they can be very competitive. They can be very nasty. They can be very envious of the other guy. They can but what try if, to shaft But it's not you, the you know. greater good. Well, you hope that they're, they're, they're going to be standing up for the greater good, hopefully. But sometimes they slip. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. But now, overall, having said that, I was drawn to science. They're a decent bunch of people, by and mm-hmm. large, and, and we do work together very well. I love collaborating. It's the, you're much better off collaborating anyway. The two heads are better than one is definitely true, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry too much about they being nasty. Now, the if nationalism comes into it. Oh, yes, yeah. Malign forces drive us, drive wedges between us, Steph, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, in the space race, for instance. Although they were always sharing. The Russians were still getting information off the Americans, you know, and vice versa. Yeah, the but probably not voluntarily. Well, the Americans are probably sending them a dodgy blueprint to make sure their rocket crashed. That, that's not true. That's a conspiracy. Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I was hoping they were collaborating anyway. You get, we, as a species, as you know, we get better places if we work together. Yes, well, sometimes. I hope. Sometimes is right. Okay, last word. Anything else? Anything else? Let me have a little think for a minute. Um, I think the last word would, would have to be that that space moon thing was very exciting. Do you not think so, Steph? When the Indian The Indians landed nation on the dark side of the moon. Landed. Or did they? No, they didn't on the south pole of the moon. That's what I meant, sorry. And they landed near the Shackleton Crater. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And there's ice in the Shackleton Crater. Which wonderful? means there's water there. Ernest Shackleton. You know who he was, I presume. Yeah, I do. So I like the fact that there's a Shackleton Crater. I like the fact there's water on the moon. But... The really interesting story. Are you ready? I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Is plan- it water ice? Oh yeah, it's water. Okay. Yeah. And that was that was that, that was only discovered recently. The, the, the Apollo mission didn't discover water. You know, I think did the, the Apollo mission actually go to? Well, the that's moon? the next question. <laughs> I think the Indians were the first to see ice actually and get evidence for it. Peculiarly okay. enough. Anyway, there's water on the moon, but more importantly than that uh, is the mission to Mars. They're planning a mission to Mars. As you Elon know. Musk. Elon Musk and the Americans, the NASA's planning it, the mm-hmm. Chinese, everybody wants to get to Mars. They've just done a big study of what are the best personality types to be cooped up in the spacecraft. Now, by the way, the spacecraft will be the size of a camper van. It'll be a three-year mission to get there and back. Oh, wow, okay. Who would you like to be stuck in a spacecraft the size of a, a camper van with? <laughs> and secondly, what are the best people to combine such that they don't all kill each other, if you know what I mean. Right? Okay. And what they've shown is, it's all simulated, this, by the way, so it's a simulation. There's a honeymoon period, as we all know in life, right? yeah. <laughs> which lasts about a month. When the month is up, then you begin to get very irritated with each other, you know? Yep. And the question is, what can you do to stop the irritation? One was have meals together. 
That yep. seems to be a bonding thing. And I did remind myself of the Alien movie. That wasn't a great meal. Remember when the thing came out of John Hurt's? Sigourney Weaver. That wasn't a big dinner. Uh, and then the, play games together. Do, do social activities together. This is obvious. But... But Guess they're what? not going to have work to do. Well, that's where you're working. Well, the trouble you're stuck in this bloody um, cameraman. Okay. Um, now, the big thing was leave the jerks at home. But how do you know who's a jerk? They've got psychometric testing. Okay. So there were four personality types. Are you ready? Yeah. And you take all these boxes out. Agreeableness. Yeah. Right, was one. Um, neuroticism. They need to be a little bit neurotic another? or no. The third was analytical. The yep. third personality type. And what was the, I can't remember the fourth one. Anyway, they, they grouped people into different types and did all this massive, complicated AI simulation, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want neurotics. That's for definite. Okay. You certainly don't want people who are nasty and competitive and that kind of end of it, even yep. though they might be useful, that they might get the job done or fix the broken yep. solar panel. They're jerks. Get rid of the jerks. So guess what? The agreeable people are the ones. And one or two people like yourself. Okay. Focused. Get on with things. Efficient. No small direct. talk. No bullshit. You know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind. Like You're I'm very a, kind. You're very agreeable. Yeah. As well, at times. But I wonder, um, should they like let them live in a Big Brother house for a few months first? They've done this to some extent already, by the way. And okay. I read this. NASA have been doing this for years. They've stuck people in a room for yeah. months on end or whatever. And remember, the, the Antarctic survey was doing this. Because if you go down Antarctica, you're stuck in a... The yeah. chamber for the winter or whatever. The submarine thing, you're in a submarine for months on end. So they've done some of these simulations. I think what will happen is that we'll have our first murder in space. Well, do you know what I love about this? That's probably true. <laughs> I, this study is defining the human condition. Do you know what I mean? In other words, like, you know, in your day-to-day life, is it a good idea to have a meal with your spouse? <laughs> is it a good idea to play Scrabble? Is it a good idea to avoid the neurotic person? It really gets to the fundamentals of us as a species, doesn't it? And, and, and the question then is, can we define it? And as you well know, it's, too, it's very complicated. The other thing they made, the point was, personalities will change over time. But I also, So a year in, the agreeable person might become not challenging. Agreeable. You know, so, so it's not as simple as just saying, I'll put these people together and it's all going to be grand. But also thing, maybe you know? people who should be there have the common sense to be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going. Well, it's a really, it's a key and question. And also, like, yeah. if, if people have the skill and quali- qualifications to go, like they're astronauts, they've done the study, you know, like not yeah. everyone can go. Yeah. Maybe they have a particular personality type which has driven them into that career. And they mightn't be the ones you want. And they mightn't be the ones you want. A robot, the computer will fly the thing. The competency bit's less less essential now, you know, because the. So what do they need them for? Just to say that a human went to Mars, <laughs> I don't know. The, the but like, what if you can't get back? Well, it's a really, it's a good question. Would you, would you go? If no. You were offered a trip to Mars. Well, if I'm w- back, I wouldn't be the first person to do it. Would you not? I'd no. go like a, in a shot. I'd go. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't let you go. Would you not? Thanks. For but they won't let you. Like you won't know that you can definitely come back. Like how can you do a rocket launch from Mars? How can you come back? They have all that technology. They sorted, don't, apparently. Luke. Is if they not? did, they'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> if they well, did, was, they'd be there. This, piece, this, is great. this thing I read, right, was uh, half of it is a technical challenge to build a bloody rocket. Yeah. The other half is this stuff, the human stuff. The human stuff. stuff, yeah. So never forget the humanities. Now, I think I'd be... And, and, and that aspect of being a human being. It's all, all this tech stuff is all very well. I'd be a great person to go, but I just wouldn't do it. I'd miss the budget. I'd miss the general election. There'd be too much going on down here. There's a 30-minute lag as well in communication. Oh so that, those phone calls will be difficult, wouldn't they? You know, yeah. but, um, so you have to get ready for that aspect. But there was also all about the stress people are under, what kind of stressors are worse than others, this kind of thing. You know, I think Isolation is a big one. I mean, cut off from your loved ones is a huge stressor, obviously. But if you're stuck in a, in, in a camper van with someone you hate, can you I, I think I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think I people think so. will ever go to Mars. No, because uh, like you're basically saying goodbye to your life. 
and taking the risk that like you're going to be like Sandra Bullock in Gravity and you're going to end up just floating in space until you die. Yeah, but if you came back in three years, you know what I mean? Other you can come home. But they can't you know, prove stories that you can to come tell, home. wouldn't you? Unless they send a rover up there that successfully Well, they have sent a rover up there. There are little... Yeah, but they're not back. Beetling around the, the Mars. Yeah, but they're not surface. back. They're not back. You're right. Yeah, but I bet you they will crack that one. That's just a technological problem, isn't it? No, I can't see that being a problem coming back. in you, it's it's really straightforward. They no. got back from the moon, didn't they? Yeah, but the moon <laughs> is not Mars. The moon is like I could spit at the moon compared to where Mars is. They need the technology Stephanie on Prize Mars. Prize our world champion spitter <laughs> spits at the moon. Maybe they could stop at the moon and take off. But that's the plan. The plan is to go to the moon, build a rocket there because there's no gravity then. It's much more feasible. So that's why they're building the moon base, is to build a, the Mar- Martian vessel or whatever it is on the moon. Well, I don't know. I think we're just destroying another planet. Anyway, that's the end of you. Um, you have to go and do an interview, don't you? I do. Thanks for the Indeed. books. You're not getting that one. Okay, fine. Uh, that's I Luke O'Neill. I profusely, so I'm not giving you the only book I've got. Yeah, well, I want another one. That's Luke O'Neill, lads. That's the end of that episode. Thank you for listening. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by... Carl O'Gara we're produced by Hilary Barry and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network see you next week This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com 